Let us pray. Our most eternal and everlasting Father, we are thankful this evening for your grace and your mercy. Thankful for the privilege of gathering together to study a portion of your word. We recognize that the human mind is incapable of understanding anything that is spiritual apart from the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So it's a request that the Holy Spirit will provide us the concentration that we need to hear precisely what you have for us this evening. This is a request in Christ's name. Amen. We're still dealing with Exodus chapter 16, verses 13 through 36. I'm going to read verses 27 and 28. Verse 27 reads, Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Now let me remind you that the primary message of this section of Exodus chapter 16, verse 1, through chapter 17, verse 7, is still, be careful about grumbling against your spiritual leader, since doing so is the same as grumbling against God. Now in our last study, we consider the lesson derived from the subsection of Exodus 16 verses 23 through 26 that was concerned with the exposition related to the provision of the bread on the sixth day. The lesson we consider is that the nature of the result of an action is dependent on whether the action is sanctioned by the Lord or not. Now we noted that Israel obeyed the instruction of the Lord to prepare the double portion of the food provided for them on the sixth day with the excess left for the seventh day. But not everyone believed what Moses conveyed to them. So we continue with a surprise experience by those who did not believe Moses' word in the two verses that we are about to consider. Now verses 27 and 28 as we have uh, stated, are concerned with the surprise some of the Israelites who did not believe Moses' word experienced. As we have done in our consideration of the various subsections that we have considered, there is also a lesson for us to learn from this, this particular subsection that is our focus, that is verses 27 and 28. There's a lesson. The lesson is this. Disobedience to God's word will never yield the result desired by the one who disobeys. Again, disobedience to God's word will never yield the result desired by one who disobeys. Now, before we consider the passage before us, let me observe that this lesson really is one that is easy to notice in the lives of people. Let me illustrate. Many people today desire to be happy. Or, we say they desire happiness. But the way they go about it often involves disobedience of God's word. And the result is misery and not the happiness that they are after. Take for example, there are those who seek happiness through relationships between members of the opposite sex. They probably are aware that under certain circumstances, husbands and wives uh, should experience a kind of happiness that led to the instruction given to Israel not to let a newly 
married man go into battlefield. According to Deuteronomy chapter 24 verse 5. Deuteronomy Chapter 24, verse 5. It reads, If a man has recently married, he must not be sent to war or have any other duty laid on him. For one year, he is to be free. To stay at home and bring happiness to the wife he has married. Now that verbal phrase, bring happiness to the wife, implies that there is a kind of happiness that belongs to the married people because of the relationship between them and certainly includes, of course, sexual relationship for sure. Now, some of those who seek the happiness related to relationship between members of the opposite sex, seek that happiness through sexual relationship that is sinful. Since any sexual relationship outside marriage is a sin. And so those who seek happiness that way fail to find it. Instead, they find misery, regrets, and God's judgment on them. No wonder the Holy Spirit warns against sexual sin or idolatry in such strong language that describes the adulterous woman as being a death trap. In Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 7, verse 27. Proverbs chapter 7 verse 27 and hold on to Proverbs Proverbs chapter 7 verse 27 reads her house that's the adulterous woman her house it's a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. Hence, a person who seeks happiness through illicit sex never finds happiness but misery and God's judgment. Take another example. Many seek happiness through drinking. Now it's not that drinking is a sin, but those who seek happiness through alcoholic beverages are often those who get drunk in pursuit of happiness. Now the scripture warns against drunkenness, so when a person gets drunk, the individual has disobeyed God's word. So the happiness the person it's looking for a that individual instead of happiness, the person finds suffering. Described in imagery as we find in Proverbs chapter 23, verses 29 and 30. Proverbs Chapter 23, verses 29 and 30. It is, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strive? Who has complaints? Who has needless bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? Those who linger over wine, who get the sample bowls of mixed 
wine. So you get the point that a person who seeks happiness through alcoholic or illicit uh, illegal drugs never find happiness but misery. So the example I have cited illustratively the lesson that we are about to consider based on the passage before us that again the lesson is it. Disobedience to God's word will never yield the result desired by one who disobeys. Now a sad reality is that some of those who hear the teaching of the word of God often ignore what they hear taught to them. That's a sad reality. Now there are at least two possible reasons a person hears what the pastor or teacher communicates and ignores it. There are two reasons, at least two possible reasons. It is possible that the person did not understand what the individual heard. I mean, a person attends a Bible class say, but the person's mind continues to wander so that the individual does, does not indeed hear what is taught or comprehend it because Satan, the enemy of the truth, keeps the individual from focusing on what is taught so that the person may hear and retain what is taught. That's a possible reason. Another possible reason is that the individual did not believe what the person had and so will not accept to be true what the individual had. Now it seems to me that it is usually the second situation that is more common today. Now because there are so many Christians they hear pastor explain something they don't believe it. They're in there, they're there though, but they never believe it. So it shouldn't be surprising to you that that's why I say it's one of the more common ones. In effect, again, many hear then the teaching of the word of God, but will not accept or believe it. And so they act contrary to what they had. Because they didn't believe a word of it. They didn't have it, they understood it, but they just didn't believe it. Now this sad reality though is the case with Israel. After they had God's word that Moses declared to them about the Lord not providing the strange substance for Israel's food on the seventh day. They had it. They understood it. <laughs> so it is probably to indicate that there is unbelief on their part. They had it. They didn't believe it. Uh, in Israel, regarding what Moses communicated to them about the Lord uh, not providing the strange substance on the seventh day, that the translators of the NIV began Exodus 6 verse 27 with the word, nevertheless. Nevertheless. Of course, it could be to indicate a transition to something else, that is, the response of the Israelites. Now, literally, verse 27 begins in the Hebrew as, And it happened. And it happened. Now, this is because of the Hebrew particle and the verb that, we, uh, that are combined to begin the verse. Now, the literal word, and is translated from a Hebrew particle that is often translated and in our English versions. However, the Hebrew particle has several other usages. In our passage, it is used to convey a contrasting situation or something that was not expected. So, it may be translated with any marker of contrast, such as birth or yet. Now, the literal uh, sentence that we say, it happened, is really translated from a Hebrew word, with a range of meaning. For example, the Hebrew word may mean to happen or to occur, as the word is used 
by prophet Isaiah to assure King uh, Ahaz that the plot of two kings to attack Judah would not materialize. So, our word is used in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 7. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 7. It is, yet, this is what the sovereign law says. It will not take place. That's a Hebrew word. It will not take place. Or, it will not happen. Now, the word may mean to have, as it is used in the prohibition of idolatry, in Exodus 20 verse 3. Exodus 20 verse 3. Exodus chapter 20 verse 3. It reads, You shall have no other gods before me. Now in our passage of Exodus 16 verse 27, the uh, Hebrew word here. It means to happen. To happen. Does the literal translation, and it happened, may then be understood as introducing a narrative, although it's often not translated in our English versions, as it is done in this verse, in most of our English versions, they did not translate it. Now, this notwithstanding, it seems to me that verse 27 she will begin in such a way to convey a contrast between what is expected and what actually happened. In other words, Moses wanted to show that instead of paying heed to what he said about the Lord not providing the strange substance for the food on the seventh day, some of the Israelites ignored what he said. Thus, it is appropriate to begin the verse with any marker of contrast as the NIV did with the word nevertheless or yet as in the uh, Holman Christian Standard Bible or, and of course the new Jewish version, the Tanaka. Of course, uh, as we have uh, indicated previously, these versions may have used their Translation to indicate a transition to a new thing in the narrative, which is the response of some of the Israelites to the instruction of the Lord to them through Moses regarding the strange substance that he provided them for food. So we are arguing then that verse 27 should begin in such a way that the reader will easily recognize the contrast between what was expected and what actually happened with some of the Israelites who heard the declaration of, of Moses from the Lord concerning the unavailability of the strange substance for food on the seventh day. They had it. Now be that as it may, we know that not everyone that hears the word of God taught, rejects it. Now that we know for sure. Not everyone rejects it. There are some who do, but not everyone rejects it. Uh, and they reject it because of unbelief though. So Moses conveyed that, that truth that not everyone rejects the truth they had by indicating it was some individuals that did what he wrote as we read in the passage we are studying, Exodus 16, verse 27. Look at that, it says, Some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it. Now, when you read that, I mean, you just, you just see how stubborn we humans can be. 
Moses has told them plainly, God said, nothing on the seventh day. Yet, here comes seventh day, they go out. So you wonder what's wrong with us as humans. We just, in my judgment, we're probably the most bullheaded creature of God. In a sense, because we, we hear the truth, we, we don't believe it. We just go do opposite of what we had. This is what we have here. So it says, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it. Now the sentence, some of the people went out, is literally, they went out from the people. I'm going to focus on the literal phrase, uh, phrase uh, a literal uh, sentence, because it says, they went out from the people. That Literal translation will help us to make some kind of deduction here. Now Moses did not provide us the number of the Israelites that did not believe what he said so as to go against God's instruction that indicates that the strange substance will not be provided on the seventh day. Now although we do not know the exact number of the Israelites that went out on the seventh day to gather the strange substance, it was certainly a sufficient number that drew the Lord's anger as we're going to learn later. Now, we could speculate, though, that there were hundreds of people, if not thousands, that went out with the intention of gathering the strange substance on the seventh day. Now the reason we expect a significant number of people is because of that phrase that when it says some of the people, that phrase. Now the Hebrew phrase actually reads uh, more literally from the people, from the people. And that is one that is used though, to reflect a large number of people if all tribes of the Israelites are in view. That phrase literally says from the people or some of the people. For example, the Hebrew phrase is used in connection with the death of 3,000 people that were involved in the idolatry during the fiasco of the golden calf as narrated in Exodus chapter 32 verse 28. Exodus chapter 32 verse 28. Exodus chapter 32 verse 28. It reads, The Levites did as Moses commanded, and that day, about 3,000 of the people died on the day of that idolatrous thing that they did. Now, it's not easy, though, to see that the Hebrew phrase that we're considering is used in this verse, but it is. See the clause that says, And that day, about 3,000 of the people died, is more literally from the Hebrew, and from the people. On that day, about 3,000 persons fell from the people. That's the phrase that we're looking at in the Hebrew text. Now, the phrase from the people is translated, uh, that we have here, is translated from the same Hebrew phrase used in Hebrew of, in the, uh, Hebrews of Exodus 16, verse 27, where it may be translated some of the people. Now, when Israel was defeated by a relatively small army of Ai because of the sin of Achan. The same Hebrew uh, uh, phrase we are considering was then used by the number of people that were defeated was about 3,000 as we may gather from Joshua chapter 7 verse 4.
Joshua chapter 7 verse 4 Joshua chapter 7 verse 4 It reads So about 3000 men went up but they were routed by the men of Ai Now a literal translation of this verse as given in the Lexham English Bible is this way it reads so about 3000 from the people went up there and they fled before the men of Ai Now a Hebrew phrase is translated uh in this passage as from the people for sure Now when the Lord brought judgment on Israel because of ill-advised uh censuses that uh, David conducted about 70,000 people died as we read in 2 Samuel chapter 24 verse 15 Second Samuel chapter 24 verse 15 It reads So the Lord sent a plague on Israel from that morning until the end of the time designated and 70,000 of the people from Dan to Beersheba died now see the phrase of the people of the NIV is more literally from the people from the people since it is a Hebrew phrase translated some of the people in Exodus 16 verse 27 that is used here. So the fact that where the Hebrew phrase translated some of the people is used literally uh, usually involve a large number of persons. So we are correct to speculate that there were hundreds if not thousands of the Israelites that went out on the seventh day to gather the strange substance for food. So we can see that yes, people can hear the word of God taught to them. Push it aside, don't believe it. And go and do the opposite of what they were told. So anyway, it is possible that some of those who went out to gather the strange substance could have included if not entirely composed of those who ignored the lost instruction about keeping the food overnight as in Exodus 16 verse 20 where we're starting go back to that where we're starting Exodus chapter 16 look at verse 20 again it is however some of them pay no attention to Moses They kept part of it all the morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. So I'm saying, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised some of them were there, because once people form this habit of rejecting truth, they will just continue to run with it. They don't know where to stop because it's coming happy to them. So the point, though, we're stressing. is that there was really a significant number of people that went out to gather food on the seventh day in disobedience to the lost instruction through Moses so be that then as it may it is impossible to be in a state of unbelief after hearing God's word without sinning In other words, once you are in a state of unbelief, after you have heard the word of God, you can count on it. You're going to be sinning. There's just no way out of it. Now we say this because the Israelites 
They went out with the intent to gather the strange substance. On the seventh day, they did so because they did not believe what the Lord said through Moses. See, when you believe something, you act it out. You don't believe something and don't act it out. It's just impossible. Maybe we can try to deceive and say, no, once you believe something, you act on that. So when you don't believe something, you don't act. But in this case, they didn't believe. So they didn't act by staying home. They went out. So such an act was indeed a sin. Now this is because the Lord had instructed the Israelites through Moses that they should rest on the seventh day. As conveyed in the passage we are studying Exodus 16. Just look at verse 23. Verse 23 says, or reads, He said to them, This is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of rest. A holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake, and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. But those who went out with the intent of gathering the strange substance on that seventh day ignored what is stated here in verse 23. And therefore, they sinned. That's my Guinea. It's impossible for you to hear what is taught the truth from the word of God and disbelieve it and not sin. It's just not going to happen. You will sin. That's, what we are, that's my point that I'm stressing. So here, the Israelites who went out, they did not trust the Lord that the food they had will be enough for that day according to God's word. Because God said, what well, if I left, keep it, save it. And Moses now explained to them, you eat it on that day. So they didn't believe him. Now, when we do not exercise faith to do in the Lord and we act, we usually will sin. It is in part for this reason that acting without faith is described as sin as we read in Romans chapter 14, verse 23. Romans chapter 14, verse 23. Romans chapter 14, verse 23 reads, But a man who has doubts is condemned if he eats. Because his eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. Now the Israelites went out with the intention of gathering the strange substance on the seventh day. They did not believe what the Lord said to Moses. See, if they did, they would not have ventured out on the seventh day. So anyhow, we really want to impress upon you then that whatever or whenever you hear the word of God uh, taught and you ignore it, that you have actually sinned since it is because of lack of faith in the Lord that a person will behave that way. That is, you hear the word, you don't believe it. It's because we do not trust it. And therefore that becomes a sin. So in any case, the lesson we're expounding is that the disobedience to God's word will never yield the result desired by one who disobeys. That's the lesson. Whatever you are desiring, and you disobey God's word, you're not going to get it. That's what we're arguing. So this lesson is clearly evident then in those who ignored the Lord's instruction to venture out on the seventh day. 
What was their desire? Their desire was to gather the strange substance. But that did not happen. As in the last sentence of Exodus 16 verse 27. Look at the last sentence. It says, But they found none. See? That begins to solidify the lesson. They were looking for something. In disobedience to God's word. They didn't find it. That's a point of which was the lesson that we are hammering on, so to say. Now that they did not find them, any of the substance on the ground on the seventh day, it's really to be expected for them to find any of the substance on the seventh day will have implied that the Lord went back on his word. Now God remained faithful to his word and that he cannot lie or change his mind about his eternal decree as we may gather from Numbers chapter 23 verse 19. Now we have, uh, in the past, when we studied the book of James, we did explore the fact that, yes, there are certain passages of the scripture that say God changes his mind. And we explained that in that study to show that it is only if it is not his decree. Anything that he has decreed that is going to take place, that he never changes his mind. That's what we have here. Most of the time when he... He changes his mind is when he offers straight about something and people repent. But if it's a decree, it's not going to, he's not going to change his mind. Anyway, here we read, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Furthermore, for those who disobey God's word, to have found any of the strange substance on the seventh day will have meant that God rewards disobedience. That's what it meant. Now God will never reward disobedience of his word. Instead, he punishes disobedience to his word. Now God has demonstrated severally that disobedience leads to punishment. Now the fact that it is not easy to make a living attests to the fact that God punishes disobedience. Now until sin occurred, the first humans, husband and wife, enjoyed life that their needs were made without any struggles on their part. But once they sinned, God punished them and and so all their descendants. So that it became difficult to make a living based on the punishment stated in Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Now, my point is, there's no way you make money. It's easy. No, no way. If you're going to make a living, there's no easy way to do it. So that's, here we, where we read, this is the Genesis for that. Genesis 3, verse 17 says, to, to Adam he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. 
By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it, you were taken. For thus you are, and to thus you will return. Now, walk is difficult because of sin. So, whenever you're having problems at work, or whatever work that you do, that should remind you of this principle that God never, never rewards disobedience. Because walk, you know how difficult it is to make a living? Again, it's a reminder. Therefore, as you work hard, trying to make a living, that should continuously remind you that it does not pay to disobey God. Now, King Saul disobeyed the Lord's command, and he was punished instead of being rewarded, and that his dynasty ended and was transferred to David, now his death, together with uh, the defeat of the Israelites in the battlefield by the, Israel, uh, by the Philistines, was due to that disobedience. As we read in 4 Samuel chapter 28, verses 18 and 19. For Samuel. Chapter 28, verses 18 and 19. It reads, Because you did not obey the Lord, or carry out his fierce wrath against the Amalekites, the Lord has done this to you today. Now think about it. God told Saul, go wipe them out clean. Everything, including the animals. Now we don't have the news media going around and looking and saying, oh, look at this innocent little children. Look at this and look at... They didn't, we didn't have that. If they did, it didn't matter. That was God's instruction. When God wants to uh, punish people, you know, people will always say, ah, that person is innocent. No, no one is really innocent on this planet to begin with. We are sinners, so we can say, we're innocent. But, of course, uh, usually, now our minds go, hard go out for little children. But the truth of the matter is, when God wants judgment, He wants out everyone. This is what we read here in for Samuel 28. Again verse 18. Says. Because you did not obey the Lord. Or carry out his fierce wrath. Against the Amalekites. The Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will hand. Over both Israel. And you. To the Philistines. And tomorrow you. And your sons. Will be with me. That's where you're going to die. The Lord will also hand over the army of Israel to the Philistines. The king disobeyed. He was a ruler. And the rest of them followed, of course. Yeah, we'd like to say, well, maybe, you know, as a leader, he's the one that started it, but the people followed him. Because when they went to battle, for example, the soldiers didn't kill all. They took some good animals, whatever. When they did that, they have become as guilty as all. So, here it says, they will also be defeated. They will die because they disobey God. Anyway, the Israelites who disobey God in the desert lost out the blessing of entering the promised land and so of enjoying God's rest. As the human author of Hebrew reminds us in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 18 and 19.
Hebrews chapter 3 verses 18 and 19. It is unto whom they God swear that they will never enter his rest if not to those who disobeyed. So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Hence we get the picture then that no one disobeys God's word and be blessed. That's not going to happen. The blessing of the Lord is for those who obey his word as our Lord Jesus Christ attested several times during his uh, earthly ministry, but uh, particularly in Luke chapter 11, verse 28. Luke chapter 11, verse 28. Luke chapter 11, verse 28 reads, He replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So the disobedience of some of the Israelites who went out with the intention of gathering the strange substance uh, of the seventh day resulted in Israel in, in the Lord's displeasure against Israel. Now that the Lord was displeased with the Israelites is introduced by the first word of Exodus 16 verse 28 where we are starting. The very first word, then. That word then. Now of course we cannot always be certain how the translators of the NIV or our English versions use the word then when it begins a verse. Now this is because the word then may mean at that time or it can mean next, or it can mean therefore. Now this, notwithstanding, the word then of the NIV is translated from a Hebrew particle that we have uh, stated is often translated and in our English versions. However, the Hebrew particle has several other usages. In our passage of Exodus, chapter 16, verse 28, it is used either to introduce the result of the disobedience of the Israelites who went out on the seventh day with the intention of gathering the strange substance so that it may be translated so or therefore. Or it is used to indicate that what is described in verse 28 follows sequentially to the action of those who disobey the Lord's Instruction through Moses to Israel that it may be translated and then. Now this may be a case where really both interpretations apply. In other words, what is stated in verse 28 is a result of what happened in verse 27 and follows it sequentially. Now the disobedience of some of the Israelites as described in Exodus 16:27, then resulted in the Lord's charge against Israel as conveyed in the Lord's question directed to Moses in Exodus chapter 16, verse 28. Again, look at it reads, The Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Now, the English translation of the Hebrew gives the impression that the charge of the Lord was on Moses himself. Because there's no way to know in the English whether the pronoun you is in the singular or plural. But that's not the case in the Hebrew. Now the Hebrew indicates that the pronoun you is in the plural, implying that the Lord directed his question to Israel through Moses, who is their spiritual leader. You see, Moses will not, I mean, he will soon convey the, the question to the Lord, uh, of the Lord to Israel, so that you will refer to them when he communicates what God 
has given him to convey to them. The point is simply that you here, although it appears to refer to Moses in the English translation, the reality is it refers to Israel. Now the revised English Bible translates the question in a way that makes clear that it is addressed to Israel since they render the question as this is where they render it. How long will you Israelites see that they just Israelites refuse to obey my commands and instructions. So they went ahead and removed the word you just put Israelites. So anyhow the fact you is in the plural has implication that for the most part Israel is guilty of the child the Lord brought here. Now, by the way, the question is in, in a sense rhetorical because the Lord was not expecting an answer from them. It is a question that says to them that the Lord expects them not to disobey him. Now the charge of the Lord against Israel is really given then in the sentence where it says, you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions. You refuse to keep my commands and my instructions. Now that word refuse is translated from a Hebrew word that may mean to refuse, that is of course not to agree or consent to a proposition or a situation as the word is used to describe Joseph's refusal of sexual proposition of Potiphar's wife as recorded in Genesis chapter 39 verse 8. Genesis chapter 39 verse 8. Genesis chapter 39 verse 8 reads, But he refused. That's our Hebrew word. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. Now the subject of the word though, this Hebrew word in the Old Testament scripture is usually human beings. The only exception being its use of the Lord in the narrative of Balaam indicating the Lord refused him to honor the requests of Balak to come to curse Israel as we read in Numbers chapter 22 verse 13. Numbers Numbers chapter 22 verse 13 It is the next morning Balaam got up and said to Balak Balak's prince go back to your own country for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. Now the word can also mean to resist. To resist. However in our passage of Exodus 16 verse 28. It is used in the sense of to refuse to do something. Or to be willing to act. That's the way it is used. Now the same Israel. Uh, that Israel is charged of not being willing to uh, do. Is to obey God's word. Because of that sentence, you refuse to keep my commands and my instruction. Now the word keep here is translated from a Hebrew word shemar that is from a, a root meaning of, uh, that has the meaning of to pay careful attention to something. or And uh, so really the basic meaning of the Hebrew word is to keep but with various nuances. For example, it may mean 
To keep in the sense of being responsible for something or someone. And so it means to have charge of or to guard or to watch. However, in Exodus 16 verse 28, the word has the meaning of to obey or to observe. To obey or to observe. So what Israel was unwilling to obey or to observe is God's word. Describing the phrase, my commands and my instructions. Now the word command is translated from a Hebrew word that may mean law. The law of God as it is used specifically in Deuteronomy as we read in Deuteronomy chapter 19 verse 9. Deuteronomy chapter 19 verse 9. It is because you carefully follow all these laws I command you today to love the Lord your God and to walk always in His ways. Then you are to sit aside three more cities. Here uh, the word is translated law. Now the word also can mean order, like order somebody to do something. Now the other times the word can mean something like simply uh, rules. Rules. Now this, this meaning is notwithstanding though. The overwhelming meaning of the Hebrew word as used in the Old Testament scripture is as a reference to to command in the sense of authoritative instruction from God to do something. So it is in this sense that, that the word is used in Exodus 16 verse 28 an authoritative command from God. Now the other word in the phrase where I say my commands and my instruction is that word instruction. That is translated from a Hebrew word Torah, Torah, which is more commonly translated law into the English. However, the Hebrew word has other meanings, even when it is translated with the word law in the English. The word, the Hebrew word can also mean something like regulation, regulation, as it is used concerning rules that governs sin offering as we as is described in say in Leviticus chapter six verse twenty five. Leviticus chapter six verse twenty five. Leviticus chapter six verse twenty five. It reads Say to Aaron and his sons, these are the regulations, the same Hebrew word Torah, here it's translated, uh, regulations for the sin offering. The sin offering is to be slaughtered before the Lord in the place the burnt offering is slaughtered. It is most holy. Now the Hebrew word may mean teaching, teaching. As it applies to instruction, a child receives from the mother. In Proverbs chapter 6 verse 20. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 20. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 20. It is, my son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Now that word teaching is the same Hebrew word Torah. Your mother's teaching. In our passage of Exodus 16.28 though, 
The Hebrew word means regulation. That again is authoritative rule or direction. Now in any case, both Hebrew words we have considered refer to God's word in form of instruction that Moses communicated to Israel that they failed to obey because of disbelief. Hence the charge the Lord brought against them. Now this charge of the law would not have taken place if some of them had obeyed God's word. They went out looking for something and they did not find it. Hence, the lesson that we have considered this evening, disobedience to God's word will never yield the result desired by one who disobeys. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the study of your word. We pray that God, the Holy Spirit, will challenge us to the things we have studied so that we pay attention to believe your word and to apply it in our everyday living. This is our request in Christ's name. Amen.